Hello, and welcome to Not a Couple, a Will and Grace podcast. I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this week we are talking about two episodes, not just one, two. Double episode? What does it mean? It means the finale of season seven. Yay! So we're talking about season seven, episodes 23 and 24, Friends with Benefits, and Kiss and Tell. So we, I think last week we talked about that we didn't honestly even know what the situation was with this finale. And honestly, we're still a little verklempt. We're not sure because there are two episodes that could have existed as distinct episodes, mm-hmm. like separate from one another that aired on separate nights, but they didn't. And we, we looked this up because we, we typically try to defer to the show mm-hmm. when we decide if we're going to do a double episode versus this two single episodes mm-hmm. back to back. Um, so we decided to do a double episode because they both aired on the same night and we don't really know why. My suspicion, and I, I'm thinking about like us of yesteryear, like when we were in our youth and we were doing this podcast, I would have spent a lot of time on like NBC's website, like tracking down like historical data and like trying to figure out what major world event happened that forced them to put these together. And then there would have been like a montage of the map, like on Indiana Jones and I would have been the red line, but I didn't do any of that. Yeah, because we are stuck in our house and it's coronavirus season, so... Somehow I'm less motivated to do things now that I have more time. It's it's wild. There's, like, an entire school of thought about how we're experiencing what's called, like, a collective trauma. Mm-hmm. And that trauma responses often involve wanting to, like, hibernate. Mm-hmm. Um, which is why I have been napping all the time and I've decided to stop trying to fight my body's impulses. This is what happens when we don't get a winter. Die. We have to hibernate in the spring. Are we? We caused this. Are we bears? We're bears. We caused this by leaving Wisconsin. <laughs> Therefore, we didn't experience winter. You are all characters in our Sims universe. We're sorry. <laughs> we caused COVID-19. We answered the wrong questions on the little pop-ups that came up, and now this has just happened. I have never once played The Sims. It's actually very fun, but I get a little too into it, and so I, I can't play it anymore. I heard you can kill your Sims. And oh, also yeah. make them have sex. Yeah. There's also mods so that they can have actual sex. Oh, not just go... What is it? Woohoo? Woohoo, yes. Woohoo! Let's talk about Will and Grace and not The Sims, because this is not a The Sims podcast. That's a good thing, because I have way too many opinions. And I have zero. (laughs) So maybe that would be a good podcast. This is an interesting episode, or pair of episodes, um, because everyone gets a plot line over the course of the two episodes. It's weird. Like, it's not even like... Over the course of two episodes, everyone gets one plot line. Literally, the very first episode, Friends with Benefits, has a separate Will plot line, uh-huh. a separate Grace plot line, mm-hmm. a separate Jack plot line, and a separate Karen plot line. None of them really are connected. They all take place at the same spot. Yes. But they're completely separated. Yes. So let's get started. Let's do the episode description, and then we'll fill in the blanks of what plot lines didn't get talked about for both episodes. Okay. And then we'll we'll give you our plan of action, because it's a big one. It's a big one. Okay, so episode 23, Friends with Benefits. When Will's writing career fizzles, Malcolm, guest star Alec Baldwin, makes him another job offer. Grace's old college flame, Eric Stoltz, gives her a job decorating his new hotel. And then here's episode 24. Will becomes suspicious of his new job when he finds himself in an empty office with a German shepherd and a Russian-speaking thug. And that, that's the only description. Oh. Well, that's more descriptive than usual for Will's plotline. True, line. but also is very much so leaving out whole chunks of other shit that happens. So, the Jack and Karen plotline that carries through is, 
in the first episode, Jack becomes a producer on a new show on Out TV. Mm-hmm. This time it's not a rip-off of Punked, it's a rip-off of Ellen. Mm-hmm. Basically, it's a talk show. Um, but this time he has, oh my god, and I'm forgetting his name. He Seth plays Green. The sh- Seth Green. He plays the short guy on Buffy and everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, as a little gay rage monster. He's Very like weird choice. a former child star who, like, no one has ever been, like, disciplinary towards. So he, like, flips out of Jack at one point, and Jack is like, no, you're not going to talk to me that way. And he, like, cries. It feels like somehow it's, like, extremely subtle Neil Patrick Harris shade. Yes. But I don't know enough about Neil Patrick Harris to verbalize that I don't better. know enough about Neil Patrick Harris to guess if he ever had an almost... Talk show, talk show on a gay network. Definitely not, because he didn't even come out until like How I Met Your Mother was over, right? No, he was out during How I Met Your Mother. His husband was in episodes. Yeah, but I think it was like mid through at the latest. Because I remember the episode his husband was in. I don't think he was out yet. I'm Google. I think I mean he was he was clearly homosexual and clearly gay and clearly dating the guy. But I'm pretty sure he came out mid season if at at the earliest. Ended Neil. Harris die? No, he didn't die, I hope. Yeah. Like, I don't think it was stunt casting to cast him as the straight guy. At least not, like, for the audience. Why is this not just, like, an easily Googleable thing? Ten memorable celebrity coming out moments. Because gay rights? I don't know. Fucking gay rights is <laughs> such a pain in the ass. <laughs> gay rights are kind of a pain in the ass. <laughs> Neil Patrick Harris came out in 2006. Yeah, so that would have been, like, the second or third season of How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, but that's still not, like, the end, which was in Okay, but in my brain, I was like, okay, well, it must have been later. But it, apparently it wasn't. Okay. Anyways. Seth Green, yes! Yes. <laughs> so whether or not he's playing Neil Patrick Harris, but as a rage monster, um, the other plotline this that episode is that Karen is hosting a event at the Met. It's, like, a fundraiser for the Stanley Walker charity or something or other. Uh-huh. Um... And she has to apologize to Beverly Leslie. Because she outed him. Yes. Which is not great. But on the other hand, neither is Beverly Leslie, so like, yeah. it's kind of a horse of peace. Moral ambiguity. Yeah. Um, and then finally Grace. And finally Grace. Uh, so Grace is attracted to the married former college flame. I don't even know how they described it. They literally were like, this was her college fling. And he called her up to ask her... To do something. To design a hotel. And she she assumes that it's to be asked out, but it's actually mm. to design a hotel. Um, and his wife is there. Yes. She didn't get the wedding invitation because she didn't open anything with stencils. Or calligraphy. Or calligraphy the whole time she was going through her divorce. Which is a mood. Yeah. Um, but then in the second episode, that plot gets furthered because he keeps like trying to make a move on her. And she's like, no, I can't do this. Never once says, because I was cheated on and it broke up my marriage. Hmm. I don't know why. Because moral grayness is fun. But then in the second episode, the Jack and Karen plot lines kind of come together uh, because Jack ends up hosting the show. Yes, he's promoted. And Karen, like, sneaks her way in as his co-host. Yes, like, they are goofing around on set one day and the producers and the execs of the network. The tall gay. The tall gay thinks that it's great that they're being idiots mm-hmm. and wants to put them on the show together. And then it's like a whole thing about Jack wanting to do the show on his own and what that means. And I don't know. It's a whole thing. We'll get into it. So, since there's so much to get through, we are going to talk about each plot one at a time and we're going to start with Grace because we hate this plot so much. It's bad. It's so bad. And we always start with the bad plot. Yes, yeah, so let's start with the bad plot. So, first of all, 
Um, this guy that Grace is supposed to be into is played by a guy who played a murderer on death row on Grey's Anatomy. And I spent the entirety of these two episodes being like, why does this guy look familiar? <laughs> oh my God, he's death row murderer guy he from has, Grace. He has other credits. We just don't care about them. I Yeah, he's been in a bunch of other things, but this is the only other thing I'd ever seen him in, so. I feel like that name sounds familiar to me too. Was he the guy who was almost Marty McFly? Or Marty McFly's dad? fucking know. No. Okay. What the hell was that? Yeah, so he's a murderer and it's weird. But um so basically the, the TLDR much like the, the thing said is um he asked her to design a hotel. They have like this weird moment where he like goes in for a kiss and she's like, "No, I can't. I'm not into that." But then she keeps the job even though Will's like, "Why the fuck would you do that? That's super unprofessional." And then obviously it does not go well. She no. quits the job and then they end up making out at the end of the episode. Yeah. Spoiler. Yeah, I don't even want to like get into it cuz like the whole plot line is like, it's not even a full episode's plot, but it's stretched across two episodes. Uh-huh. Like it's like a, not I probably not a quarter. It's probably half of an episode's B side, but it's stretched across two episodes. It's just not good, and it really, like I don't want to get on my soapbox and go on about this for too long because I've talked about it before. But the frankly horrifying amount of character assassination that this show does to grace sometimes is straight up sexism like yeah. it straight up is it's like the the showrunners the writers everyone's a bunch of dudes and they're just <laughs> like what if we made grace like the actual worst unfortunately there are women on the writing cast which is even more horrifying uh, we have no proof of that well we do math and uh not math the more you go on the internet and you read things reading wikipedia ah <laughs> but i just mean like the showrunners are men the sure. the producers are men the executives are men although max muchnick and uh what's his nuts the straight one are off the show now yes true they're, they're coming back for the last season that's true um but it's just it's blatantly like this complete like inability to give the one of the like only like non-clown women characters on the show like, any sort of, like, validity as a person and, like, nuance. Like, well, and not even, like I mentioned before, like, not even having the dignity to make her reasoning logical. Or, like, even have the dignity to, like, let her trouble with it. She's yeah. just sort of like, no, I don't like him. <laughs> like, like, it would make perfect sense for her character to be like, I can't have an affair with you. An affair destroyed my marriage. Because clearly... What they're setting up here is laying the groundwork for Grace to make the same mistake as Leo. So that Leo can come back to the show. So that they can live happily ever after and Will and Grace can have one of two awful finales. Mm -hmm. But in order to do that, Grace has to have her entire character assassinated to a, a greater than average degree. Yes. And I think this is like a recurring problem that I've talked about on the show is that Grace, like... They don't know how to have a middle ground with her. Mm -hmm. She's either wildly the worst human in the entirety of the universe, or she is the best human in mm -hmm. the entirety of the universe. And there is no in-between for her to, like, be messy or be, like, unsure about stuff. Like, it would have been an interesting plot if we'd actually seen her, like, trouble through, like, the fact that she's attracted to this person, but she knows it's morally wrong because, mm -hmm. like, if she gets with this guy is she any better than leo which is what ended her marriage like right. we don't see any of that we are implying it we are telling it to you that we are reading between the lines and it's like really 
it's not actually in the text of the show. Well, and in the second episode, there's even the opportunity for it because there's even a scene where Will and Grace talk about it. Uh-huh. And the opportunity is there for her to be, I'm really interested in him, but I can't make a move. He's married. And instead, she's like, I'm not interested at all. I would never do that. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, it's- and she just plays, like, this weird moral hardball instead yeah. of just, like, being honest about how she's clearly feeling. Because, like, Will calls her out on it. He's like, you're flattered by this. You think that it's nice that he likes you. And instead of her being like, yes, I am, but I'm going to do this professionally because mm-hmm. I'm not going to do it, she's just like, no. Right, which is the kind of self-denial that gets her into trouble. Yeah. Like, it's... It's the reason she ends up making out with him, because she's not able to, like, be real about it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would also argue that that sort of self-denial is exactly how she ended up married to Leo in the first place. But, whatever. Well, it's that kind of self-denial that both caused her to not break up with Leo right away, and caused Leo to cheat on her, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. Like, that, like, I can see the same scenario happening. He's flattered that the other doctor's hitting on him, but, like, it's not a big deal. And then it is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, know. it's the thing. I don't really want to say too much more about it. Like, the plot didn't really, like, impress me. It doesn't seem like it's going away. Like, it's yeah. definitely going to come back in the premiere of next season. Uh-huh. Um, and I think we're going to probably, I, I shouldn't say probably, hopefully get some meteor motivations there. Once it's not fighting for space. Yeah. Possibly. I think that that was the other thing, is that this plot maybe would have worked better if it wasn't one of 4.5 plots that was happening. It was like the opposite problem we had this season, that Deborah Messing was crazy pregnant. Yes, and we were like, where is Grace? We need Grace. Where, like, Grace's plotline was, like, resolved without her having to be there. Like, now, like, they're giving her a cliffhanger plotline for the end of the season, but they shouldn't. They should just have worked her into a different plot somehow. Yep. So... That should have been saved for the next season. But whatever. We didn't run the show. It's not the past anymore. What is today? It's not even the past right now. It might be tomorrow. Well, I guess it is for you guys. You don't know. Well, they're listening to our past, but we're experiencing the present. Time is fake. And they won't hear it until our future. Time is fake. Time is fake. Wibbly, wobbly, timey. We're currently existing in all states of time at once. Except Nevada. This episode is sponsored by Nevada. There's no time there. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, unless it's coronavirus. That can travel. All right, let's talk about Jack and Karen. Okay, so Jack's plot with Seth Green is not as good, but it is interesting. It's it's probably the weakest plot in the first episode, and I'm saying that with full knowledge of everything we just said about Grace's plot. It just doesn't have a lot of substance. Like, Seth Green is barely even introduced as a character. I'm not even sure we get his name. We must, but, like... I think we do, but we're introduced to him as, like... He's, like, the child star from, like, The Littlest Robot or some some fucking, like, fake 80s TV show where he played a boy robot or something. Right, because Jack liked the one where he wanted to swim like all the other kids. But he couldn't because he was a robot! Such a good sounding show. Honestly, I would have watched an episode of that show. This is like that episode where they had they brought on the guy who was in the commercial, but we never got to see the commercial. Yes. It was like, you literally took the funniest thing about this plotline, <laughs> and you took it from me. You took it away from me, you bastards. Wasn't it the Choco Devil or the whatever? The Choco Devil, yeah. Oh. So maybe the littlest robot was when the Choco Devil spots would air. Mm, they go together. Like little Debbies. Like Cramalamalama. Ba-dingity-dingy-dong. So Seth Green is playing this, like, monster that Jack has to interact with, who is, like, a total diva, 
despite the fact that he has no reason to be because he is so unbelievably unsuccessful and clearly on <laughs> drugs. <laughs> so that, that gets at a great point about this plotline. I had no idea watching this what was supposed to be funny. Like, not it, not entirely in a shady way. I just, like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from a cerebral standpoint, I was like, what's the joke? Yes, it was sort of like everything was the same level of, like, weird. And so you weren't... I always felt like I wasn't sure if I was supposed to laugh when Seth Green's character freaked out or when Seth Green's character was then immediately calm. Like, it almost... It felt almost dramatic. Like, there was no... Like, it felt like an episode of, like, If the Devil Wears Prada was a TV show. What? Yeah. The but, Devil Wears Prada is kind of a dramedy, though. I mean, I... I but I, I guess. But, like, this wasn't like that. This... Like, there was never a moment where I was like, ah, yes, this thing he's doing is very funny. Now, this is how I felt about it. It's like, y'all seen the newest episode, This Is Us, you're all caught up. You know that scene at the end with Randall and Kevin where they're screaming at each other? Mm-hmm. It sort of felt like if that scene had a laugh track for me. Yeah. Because there was a laugh track. Like, they definitely piped... Like, People in the studio were laughing, and they probably piped in a little extra, because, you know, uh, not funny. Whatever. Not um, funny! <laughs> but it, it was just a weird plot, because it was it was a plot line deliberately orchestrated to move Jack's character to a position where he could be the host of a talk show. Mm-hmm. But the show has already convinced us that Jack, a man with zero skills, can be a television executive. And a producer. And a producer. So, so we didn't really need that. I, yeah, I was like, I don't need that connective tissue. I already know that this network is nuts. And they would just go, hey, Jack, you did such a good job with Pink. Uh, you want to have a talk show? And frankly, it actually makes more sense for him to be a host of a talk show. Because he he's was... a working actor. And also he's kind of the host of Pink a little, maybe? Yeah, I just, like, it, it makes sense character-wise for him to be doing that. I don't need this plot line to get me there. It was like this weird detour into Seth Greenland, which I mean, I'm always happy to see Seth Green getting work because he's great. He actually is a genuinely nice seeming person. And maybe that's where the joke is, is that like Seth Green is really nice. So his character is really awful. Mm -hmm. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. So anyways, the end, Jack and Seth Green get into it because Seth Green has yet another meltdown and Jack responds to Seth Green essentially threatening him with extreme violence by slapping him across the face. Which is the only funny part for me. And Seth Green, like, doesn't know how to handle this. And so he, like, runs off crying and quits. <laughs> like... What does he say something about, like, I haven't been slapped like this since my mother told yes. me to, like, go get that acting job or no, something? No, something like, I haven't been <laughs> slapped like that since I didn't get a call back when that I was, was 13. It. That was it. Psst. So there's like a whole lot to unpack there. Again, not funny, like really deeply tragic. So so much trauma happening. But um so then anyways, uh then the producer comes up to Jack like later on as he's crying into Elizabeth's handkerchief about Elizabeth being his his, <laughs> his straight assistant. His straight assistant whose name is actually Dave. Um poor Elizabeth. Poor Elizabeth. Uh he uh, is crying to Elizabeth's shoulder being like I'm going to get fired. I lost Seth Green. And then they were like, hey, Jack, actually turns out that you look great on camera, so why don't you be the host now? And now he's the host of Jack Talk. That's Which the name of the his show. his TV show. Jack Talk. Not just Jack, weirdly. No, that's his one-man show. That's his one-man show. You gotta keep that separate. You gotta keep that shit Jack separate. Jack Talk. Jack Talk. There's like a hand motion. You can't see it because this is a podcast. But, and so that plot is actually, I think, a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. But, it, like, we didn't need the setup to get there. Yes. 
Um, so let's take a brief step back to talk about Karen's plot. So and how we... Karen gets to the plot. Because Jack and Karen have, like, their own plot, but then they kind of come together, like the bottom of a Y. The bottom of a Y? Mm-hmm. That or two penises touching? We've had this conversation on this podcast before, and you need to stop making that joke, because there are going to be straight people out there who listen to this who think that two penises touching is how gays have sex. You know, whatever works for you. It's not like a Chinese stinker trap, okay? <laughs> I mean, it can be. There's a name for that, but we won't talk about it, because I, I don't know I don't know how I think about it. It's docking, isn't it? Yeah, it's docking. Yeah. Way to not spare our listeners, Tess. I wasn't going to spare them the word docking. It's not like that's a dirty word. Docking is when you put your head of your penis inside of the foreskin of someone else's penis. Ah, uh, Tess. Always good for a little bit of sexual education. Yes. So, Karen this week has, objectively, this is the tiniest plot. It's really, like, a throwaway gag that's, like, happening throughout the episode. Mm-hmm. But I really liked it. I think it's it's tragically somewhere between first and second plot for me for mm-hmm. the first episode. Mm-hmm. And it's also the only time I've actually not audibly groaned when Beverly Leslie showed up. So that's good. That is nice. And I think it might be the only time in history when that happens. I think part of it is because Beverly Leslie is so off balance this week because so at this fundraiser for the Republican for Party the Republican Party uh, Karen gets on the mic and tells everyone there that Beverly Leslie is a homosexual this should be a surprise to no one of course because he's always with his lover Benji mm-hmm. is deeply homosexual and 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 is deeply homosexual that's it very gay but that being said it is not cool to out people and Karen's a, a bit of a dick for doing this now, admittedly, there definitely is a debate about whether or not you can out people who are actively working against the homosexual agenda, or put in more realistic terms, just gays. Yes. And Beverly Leslie definitely is on the fence of that category. Yes, and so there's like definitely some moral grayness that happens there, but ultimately, both of us kind of hate Beverly Leslie as a character, and this feels like an appropriate thing to respond to the fact that he is objectively trying to actively oppress and suppress his own people. Well, and also, like, this is certainly not the first time that Karen or other people have been like, oh, obviously you're a homosexual. Like, it's not... I wrote in my notes that it was kind of like the bizarro version of Oscar Wilde, because, like... (laughs) Like, real talk, like, absolute travesty. But, like, technically, he should have won that case... Or, wait, which way does it go? He shouldn't have won that case... Because, I mean, and obviously, like, shouldn't have gone to prison for the rest of his life. Uh-huh. But, like, he shouldn't have won that case because you can't slander someone with the truth. Yes. And that's kind of what's happening. And that's here. kind of what's happening here, except Beverly Leslie actually deserves it. Yep. And unlike Oscar Wilde. Unlike Oscar Wilde, who our tra- doesn't, our tra- obviously. Our tragic, our tragic, um, dandy homeboy. Yeah, our dandy homeboy. I was going to say St. Sebastian backup. Oh, I like that. Yeah. Sebastian's the gay one because he's always getting pierced with things. Did you know he survives that? In yeah. The myth? I had no idea. I thought he was just like, oh, I've been hit with a bunch of arrows. I'm dead now. No. But I guess that's probably why he's the saint because he's like, he lives. I got fucked with these arrows that's a bunch of times. Mir- that's the miracle. Yeah. Yeah. The patron saint of gangbangs. <laughs> saint Sebastian. <laughs> this episode sponsored by the patron saint of gangbangs. Um, yeah. So. Then Karen has that benefit. Mm-hmm. The benefit's happening. She's supposed to apologize at the benefit. That's where the plot, quote unquote, comes in. Uh-huh. Um, and then she doesn't. 
And there are no consequences. But what she does do is she gets Beverly Leslie to say, I'm a homosexual, into the microphone really loudly. Yes, she does. Um, it is a little bit of a nice callback to the Alan puppy episode where she comes out by leaning into the microphone and going, I'm gay. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was kind of funny. Much better than the Revival's version. Yeah. Um, I'm realizing as we're describing this plotline that it doesn't actually segue into the Karen and Jack plot from no, next week at all. No, it just kind of wraps up Karen's <laughs> it's plot. It's just there. Okay, so then Karen's done doing whatever the fuck that was, and then Jack's doing his talk show. It sort of, like, Jack leads talk. into it in the sense that, like, after this plot is resolved, Karen has a bunch of free time. Yes, Karen's like, I'm no longer planning a benefit, so I can come be on your talk show. And it's, like, at first it's kind of cute, because Karen is, like, just coming to wish Jack good luck, um, and they, like, are tickling each other on the couch, and they're basically just being us. Yeah, they're, like, being really stupid and, like, giggling and tickling each other and mm-hmm. fighting and spanking and then the producers are like oh my god this is your show you should totally co-host it first of all as a media connoisseur that should not be a show i would not watch that i would not watch that i I know we're adorable but even we don't bring that shit to this episode if nothing else like the whole point of those shows is that they're walking advertisements for the guests the guests would be pissed as hell i mean probably not on out tv on out tv the guests would be drunk as hell again so it wouldn't matter not the canadian network yeah, not the Canadian network. No, there they would be pissed, I think. Is that Yeah, I think the Out TV in Canada is like a real network. No, but I mean like they'd be pissed like drunk because they're British. Canadians aren't British. They're sort of British. You're British. They're more British than us. You're not British. I rest my case. Oh my god. Let's they have a parliament. That. Everyone has a parliament. Well not us. Like literally everyone but us has a parliament. Yeah, everyone who used to be British. I think you mean prime minister. No, I mean parliament. There's not a parliament in France. Maybe. I guess there is. Okay, maybe. <laughs> I, I don't want to die on the hill. Let's move on. <laughs> Doesn't count if they call it the parliament. Because they're French or whatever. France. <laughs> yes, there is a French parliament. I hate being proved wrong on the podcast. Listeners, write in if you want Tess to stop being mean to me. There's also, you're, you are correct that there is a parliament in Canada. Yeah, of course um, there is. This episode is sponsored by French Parliament, a thing that Matthew doesn't think is real. Whatever. Okay, so let's talk about Jack Talk with Karen. Jack Talk with Karen. <laughs> I mean, it is funny, but also sad because, like, Jack, like, legitimately, well, Jack earned this as much as he was ever going to. Yes. And, and Karen shouldn't take that away from him. Absolutely. But Karen is also really excited because she's like, this is a fun thing for our friendship, but we could do this. And so Jack is really struggling to, like, balance the fact that he's disappointed to no longer be solo hosting this show mm-hmm. and also not wanting to, like, hurt and upset his friend. Um, but in classic Jack nature, he does not deliver this in any gentle sort of way. No, absolutely not. And instead kind of freaks out at Karen about five minutes before the first episode is supposed to start. <laughs> after Karen wrote a beautiful, beautiful theme song, which I will now sing to you. Thank you. It's Jack Talk. It's Jack Talk. It's Jack Talk. With Karen. <laughs> That's it. Exactly that tuneless, too. It's that tuneless. It's... There's an acoustic guitar. There, yeah, there, she strums like one note each time, which I didn't think you really needed to get the effect. No. Um, so Jack Talk with Karen does not get off the ground. No. But regular Jack Talk does. Yes. Um, and there's this very sweet moment with Jack and Karen where, you know, Karen seems to like realize like this is really Jack's thing. Mm-hmm. And it would just be for fun for her, but it would be like a career move for him. And it's important to him. Um, 
And being a good friend in this instance doesn't mean being on the show with him, but, uh-huh. you know, letting him shine. Also, then we learned that the TV executives thought that Karen was a drag queen, and once they figured that out, she was out, so. Well, I mean, you know, out TV. Out. Out. <laughs> but I, I, it is nice to have these occasional moments of actual genuine emotion between Jack and Karen. And this is a uh, a dynamic that I think the show actually does really well with. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the revival, there's the Gabraham Twinkton plot yeah, line. Yeah, Gabraham Twinkton. Where Karen also kind of muscles in on Jack's territory. And he gets really possessive of it. Because, I mean, let's be real. Jack doesn't own anything. No. Not even his dignity. He is the opposite of opulence. You own everything. Yeah. So, like, when he has something... He wants to keep it because it's important to him. Yeah. You know, like a talk show or a shiny piece of tinfoil. Or a Twinkin' Lincoln musical review. (laughs) Twinkin' Lincoln would have been a better name. Twinkin' Lincoln. Twinkin' Lincoln, little star. This episode is sponsored by Twinkin' Lincoln, our new Broadway review that'll open after COVID-19. We've got a lot of sponsors this week. Yes, we do. We're the only thing with advertisers in the country. (laughs) We are the longest-running podcast in America. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by Blatant Lies! (laughs) (laughs) Um, So that's, unlike Grace's plotline, I feel like this is actually a good paradigm to set up for next season. Yeah. Yes. I'm surprised by it, frankly. I Mm -hmm. kind of thought that the out-TV thing was going to be a one-and-done but I guess it could always flame out in the first episode of next season. He'll be back to being an unemployed actor with a nursing degree. <laughs> flame. <laughs> You're embarrassing. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but it's nice because it also, um, I know because I've watched the show before, it does provide a vehicle for a few guest stars in a way that like actually makes sense. Unlike mm. some of the guest stars on this show when they're just like, wouldn't it be funny if Madonna played Karen's roommate? Like, it makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. when Jack has a TV show. Sure. Yeah, but I think it's good, and Jack Talk is a success for all ten people with sandwich coupons in the audience. And yep. It's it's good, and Karen's happy, and Jack's happy, and we're all happy. We get to go the home. The tall gay is happy? The tall gay is happy. He's cute, too. Mm-hmm. Without Karen. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we've got one more plot line left for you guys. One more plot! Then we're going to wrap it up. Yep. This one's a doozy. Okay, so let's start back, not even in this episode, let's start back at the end of last episode when Will realized after looking over his will that he um, was not pleased with where he was in his life as a corporate lawyer, Mm -hmm. and so he quit his job. Right. Then we get to this episode when Will has decided what he's going to do with his life. It's become a writer. Because that will help people somehow. I say that with so much disdain, despite the fact that I am, in fact, a writer. And I have been told on many occasions that my writing has moved people and helped people in mm-hmm. ways. And I'm like... You've already done more than Will Truman. I'm just like, William, that's... No. <laughs> Emily, the archive of our own did not exist in... Well, maybe it did. No, I don't think it did, because it kind of came during one of the like overhauls of fanfiction.net. And Life Journal. Okay, so not a viable career option for Will at this point. But maybe in the new season, it could be his. It could be part of the finale. <laughs> He's gonna quit his job and raise a kid by himself, but also with Grace because they're married and they have two kids. Uh-huh. Moving on. But he's gonna be one of the admins of Ao3. It'll be beautiful. It'll be great. Um, but so, Will is a writer, and like all writers do, he takes his laptop and goes to 
a park bench. The park bench. I, I feel like we need to spend an inordinate amount of time on this part of the plot line. And I just don't understand it. Was it a thing that people did in the past? I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess there's a certain sense of, I don't know this to be true, but the cultural assumption is in New York, people sometimes just sit next to you on a bench and that's not weird and creepy and you don't just get up and leave. That is a thing in like Europe. Like if you're at a cafe and you're sitting alone at a table and someone needs a seat, they may just join you. But that was what I was just going to say is it didn't feel like it was would have been any more violating for it to happen in a cafe situation. Yeah, it was weird. Like, it made more sense for Will to be indoors in a cafe than sitting outside on a bench working on a laptop. They already have a Panera Bread set. Why didn't they just use the Panera? I mean, the only thing I can think is that they wanted it to seem more like a chance encounter, and it had to seem like a chance encounter in the park. Like, you or can't maybe, run into someone at Panera. Or maybe they wanted us to think that Alec Baldwin was cruising Will because it's the park? Yeah. But, like, it's not like you can't cruise people in a cafe. I you mean, can cruise in Panera Bread. Someone, it, we're in the middle of the coronavirus, and someone's hooking up in a Panera Bread right now. Yes. In America. They're somewhere. all closed, but somehow it's happening. Somehow someone's hooking up with someone in a Panera Bread. Every seven seconds, a gay man <laughs> gets rimmed. In a Panera Bread. Well, that rules that out for sponsorship. <laughs> this episode was sponsored by Panera Bread. This, sponsor was, this episode was sponsored by Panera Bread's competitors. <laughs> what even is Panera Bread's competitors? This episode is sponsored by Corner Bakery. I think it's spot, like their competition is just making bread in your house. <laughs> During the COVID-19, yes. This episode is sponsored by Lonely Bread Making. This episode is sponsored by not being a lazy son of a bitch and just making soup on your goddamn stove. <laughs> this episode is sponsored by the mac and cheese isn't even that good since they changed the recipe. So true. And they just microwave it. They're not yeah. making that shit fresh. I've made that shit fresh and it was actually really good. Mm. Remember I made it for Thanksgiving that one time. Yeah. But you're not Panera Bread. No. You're a legitimate competitor to Panera Bread now. Yes, I am. <laughs> I should start selling my stuff. That's called prostitution. Oh, I meant like soup and shit, but sure. <laughs> I don't think my girlfriend would be happy, but that's okay. That's fine. I don't know what that voice Tough was. Times. I'm so sorry. I think if you go into prostitution on the East Coast, you immediately become from New Jersey. <laughs> hey, honey, um, I hope you don't mind, but I'm going briefly into sex work just because I miss the touch of other humans <laughs> and I could use some cash. I, I know I'm that also from New Jersey. I, was saying, I know you're otherwise fine with this, but just as an FYI, I'm also going to be from New Jersey. <laughs> and then she's like, oh, I'm sorry. That's a deal breaker. Yeah. That's the moment when she's like, I just can't do this anymore. Tess. <laughs> God, I wish I could do a Kiwi accent so I could make fun of her. I love you, Rose. She doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um. So this plotline also shouldn't be a two episode plotline and yet somehow it is they stretch it out by having the first episode be really an extended length of like Malcolm who's Alec Baldwin's character mm-hmm. like basically kind of pretending to be gay and also pretending to be interested in Will's writing uh-huh. but it's all part of an elaborate scheme to get him to become a lawyer again yes yes you heard that right there's an elaborate scheme to get Will to become a lawyer again instead of just waiting two weeks for him to realize that being a writer is not a career path um, especially not for someone with no talent. This 
the the fact that it is an elaborate plot is explicit in the episodes. Oh yeah, it's literally I think identified as a week one of our elaborate plot to get yeah. Will to be a lawyer again. But even with the dramatic reveal at the end, which we will we will get to, suspense. <laughs> um, even with that reveal, it's really not clear why it needs to be this elaborate of a plot. Yeah, it doesn't really need to be this elaborate, like in any way. I mean, I mean, if nothing else. To, to hint at the reveal for all three of you who have been watching this with us live, congratulations to have not know what's coming up next, um, I guess. Uh, in the revival, Will has changed careers a couple times and I think has always stayed as Karen's lawyer throughout that. Yes. Because he's a practicing lawyer. You can, as long as you have a law license, you can still practice the law even if your main job title is not lawyer. Yeah. And so, like, if anything, it would be easier to trick him if they would be like, we'll pay you a lawyer's salary to be a writer and also to do law every once in a while. Just be, like, on retainer. But instead, they do a very bad job of tricking him into working for a yes. real firm. Yes, yes, Because Because then what happens, the only plot description we got from the second episode uh-huh. is, is that the office he goes to is just an empty office with a German shepherd, a Russian... And Alec Baldwin at a yes. fake computer. Yes, it's like clearly fake. And it's it's also very weird because honestly, we've seen Malcolm come up in the revival, and I straight up forgot that this is how he's introduced. Yeah. And he explains himself as a government agent. And the implication is that he works in witness protection. Mm-hmm. And the additional implication is that he's bad at it. Yeah. Because none of this cover story makes any goddamn sense. Yeah, it's just it's really weird because then like we have an entire episode while all this other stuff is going on of Will just coming in and being like, hey, this seems fishy. And Malcolm being like, no, it's not. And then Will's like, okay. And then he's like, but it still seems fishy. And he's just like, weird. Yeah, it just... It also needs to only be one episode. And it's two. And it's two. Because they it, spend... it's, it's just like the Grace. It's two and it's stretching into the next season. Yes. Which is confusing to me. Mm-hmm. So should we get to the reveal? I guess, yeah. Like, there's nothing more to talk about. Yeah. It's just weird. The reveal that comes at the end is that, like, after three or four times of this, finally, like, I don't even know. Does Malcolm get a call? Does he just cave? I literally, I don't know. I think Will confronts him more specifically about, like, there's no one in this office. I know for a fact that Russian thug was not our accountant. Right. All I seem to be doing is transferring money from an offshore bank account to a Russian bank account. Like, Mm -hmm. What the fuck is happening? Which, topical, but moving on. True. Um, and so we learn that he's actually um, there because Stanley Walker is not dead. <gasps> I am shocked. As am I. Because it is impressive to me that the show never decided that that was the point which they finally needed to reveal Stan as a character. Yeah. Because the reveal doesn't really make sense. And it ends on this extremely melodramatic note <laughs> of Will walking in and being like, Stanley, you're alive. But there's no music cue. There's there's no joke because you can't see Stanley. And there's also no person. <laughs> yeah, so it's just it's literally just the last shot of the whole season is this cliffhanger scene where Will is forced to act as if he's seeing Stanley. <laughs> and there's clearly no one there because Stanley hasn't been cast. And he is never going reasons. to be cast. And that would be a good reveal for the finale finale. Oh, is if then they we finally, finally show Stanley. And he's like an average body type. And yeah. they've all been making fun of him forever. Because isn't that shaming fun? Yeah. 
The reveal is that he's been inside of two skin suits the whole time. <laughs> he was actually in witness protection to begin with. <laughs> he's been hiding in, like, one of those inflatable sumo suits. Oh, my God. It's just... It's a weird ending. Because Will and Grace doesn't do that. No. Like, Will and Grace has had, quote-unquote, cliffhanger endings. But they're usually more like, oh, no, what's going to happen with Grace's marriage? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. Grace went on a... No, it's, Grace went on the fling in the revival. <laughs> Jet Will goes on a fling for no reason. And then nothing happens. And then nothing happens. Yeah. Like, and this can't be a cliff. First of all, this can't be a cliffhanger where nothing happens. Uh This is a fundamental earth shattering change to one of the only major continuity moves this show has ever made. Uh It's crazy. Like the major continuity moves of Will and Grace are like, Karen gets married. Nope. Let me try that again. Grace gets married. Uh Then Grace gets divorced. Uh Uh-huh. And then Stanley dies, and now Stanley gets divorced. I mean, undies. <laughs> he gets divorced from death. He especially It's especially funny that Stanley dies mid-divorce with Karen. Sure. But, like, there are no real paradigm shifts in the same way for Jack. I mean, him getting a nursing degree is close, but then it's undone. And mm-hmm. him going to work for OutTV is close, but then it's undone. We don't know that it's been undone yet. It's obviously been undone. He's not an executive at OutTV in the revival. That's true. Um... It's, it's future undone. See, mm-hmm. we're existing at all times at once. Yes. Um, I mean, the other big one is, like, Will's law firm going out of business, like, really early on. Oh, yeah. But, like, it's it's just weird that the show is leaning so hard on this reveal when that's not what this show does. Yeah. I mean, I think the reveal of Stanley is great, but this feels like it needs to be in the second to last episode of the season. And then not in the last episode. Not in the last episode. Not in the last scene of the last episode. Because who in, what year is this, 2005 now? Yep. Who in 2005 is sitting there like, oh man, I can't wait till Will and Grace gets back. I gotta find out who shot JR. I, I mean, why Stanley's alive. Yeah, no, this is not Dallas? Is that the show? That's Dallas, but I said Dynasty after the episode. Oh, Dallas slash Dynasty. Okay. They're basically the same show, except one is in Dallas? California? <laughs> and the other one's in Dallas, yes. Obviously, I wasn't going to start with the obvious one. I don't know. But they're basically the same show. Like, it's like Isn't Riverdale it? without the supernatural. Don't even talk to me about Riverdale, okay? Like, Molly Ringwald's playing a lesbian again. I is Molly asexual. Ringwald gay? Maybe. Maybe she's just bi. I'm gonna Google this. She keeps playing lesbians on TV shows. Molly Ringwald. Don't you have a newsletter or something for that? Gay. No, I haven't been getting it lately. I think I oh, might have... Oh, you must only get it bi-weekly. I might have... Huh? <laughs> I'm funny! This episode sponsored by Bisexual Puns. <laughs> she has a husband and children. And so many lesbians do. That is true. All right. Well, what else, is there anything else you want to say about these two episodes, my friend? I don't know. I mean, I think... Well, let's talk about the season a little bit. Yeah. Because this is our last episode of season seven. Uh-huh. Um... I thought it was a good season. This uh, season was the first season where we introduced the idea of continuity, basically, and, mm-hmm. and stuck to it cont- consistently. It's even trying new things like cliffhangers that don't match the tone uh-huh. of the show at all. Uh, weird pocket episodes that are um, strange and disconnected, but still funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Everyone's well, now gainfully employed except Will, which is a fun twist. That is a fun twist. Normally, uh... <laughs> Normally Will's the only one gainfully employed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, is Karen really employed? 
Yeah, she takes the paychecks and she lines them up, remember? Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Just because she doesn't cash them doesn't mean she's not employed. I guess technically she is both gainful and employed, so we can say that she is gainfully employed. She's um, gaining those checks every week. She just collects and puts them in a little box. <laughs> um, it's, it's definitely a weird season in a lot of ways, though. Mm-hmm. I mean, you think about it, the season starts with Grace's marriage collapsing. And now it ends with her potentially entering into an affair. Yeah. And... I don't feel like I know where anyone else was at at the start of the season. I mean, Will's the same place he always was, which I guess is part of his narrative arc is that he feels like he's not moving forward. Mm-hmm. He did make partner over the course of the season. And but, then quit. But then quit, right. Um, he was really serious about Vince, but then that fell apart. Yeah, he was really serious about Vince. That was dumb. I didn't like that that fell apart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's it. Cool. Well, folks, that's been this season. Um, We're going to sling back into our quarantine now yeah let's talk about our uh our temporary hiatus plans yes so we're going to take a hiatus yep so as as our unusual practice it's not just because of the coronavirus we promise (laughs) after this episode airs we're going to take a couple of weeks off um we're probably going to be off for the month of april i'm guessing just because you know as long as the coronavirus is happening um we will however be back uh for a brief blip in our hiatus we are going to be live tweeting Will and Grace all through the rest of the season, and we're hoping to do a special bonus episode after the finale. Yes, because it's the final finale. The f- the finale finale. Until they revive it again. Maybe we'll even like get some like music going or something. Can you imagine Will and Grace in like an old folks' home, and they write the kids out again? <laughs> <laughs> or like, or they go back to the original finale. They're like, oh no, the kids are old now. It's fine. And they're married, and it's great. They're married, and it's great, and they're not around. It's cool. <laughs> God, that'd be so embarrassing, but I could totally see it happening. I could too. That'd be great. God bless. America. Um, but anyways, so we will be back before the end of April because we'll be doing that special episode. But we probably won't be back doing regular episodes until at least May. Uh or depending on how long this uh coronavirus situation stretches out, it might be longer. Maybe. But at least in May, like, I'll be off of classes, I guess. Uh-huh. Um you know, it'll be summertime. That'll make a difference. <laughs> Maybe we'll really just need this podcast to keep us together. Mm-hmm. Probably not. Podcast will keep us together. That's it. We're actually doing a great job in the apartment. Just as a personal update for all you listeners. We have not murdered each other. Not even once. We haven't even had a big fight. Oh, now you've cursed it. Knock on some wood. Knock on wood. High five, though. Let's knock on some wood. But, like, we've been doing really good. So, we hope you guys are doing really good, too. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm... Sure, over the course of our hiatus, we could also post some, like, good, like, mental health stuff as we see it. Because we want you guys to be safe and well. Be safe, be well. Um, Stay in your house. Don't leave. Unless you have to go to the hospital and then go to the hospital. But, like... But don't go to the store in between. No. Don't Def- ask... Definitely don't stop by the store and pick something up on the way to the hospital. Do not That's not allowed. ask the ambulance to drive through McDonald's. Okay? That's rude. So they tell me anyway. <laughs> I don't get it. I offered to buy them some stuff, but, you know... <laughs> Do you remember when you had that friend who had that phase in college who would, like, ask cab drivers to drive her through McDonald's? That happened one time when I was with her. (laughs) Yes, but she had the phase. It wouldn't have been so bad if she hadn't promised the driver one of the apple pies and then didn't actually give it to him. So rude. So rude. Don't do that. Always tip your driver an apple pie. Unless it's the coronavirus. And then don't touch them. Don't tip your driver. Don't have a driver. Don't have a driver. Stay home. See, if we had the robot cars... Duh. Duh. Could have had an automated driving system. Could have had a V8. You could have had a V8 in the automatic driving system's car. 
This episode, An engine. This episode <laughs> was sponsored by V8 and automatic driving systems. <laughs> All right, that's it. Let's Matthew, tell the people where they can find us on the internet. All right. Uh, if you want to give us feedback on our finale or get hyped for the final finale of Will and Grace, you can go to our Twitter page. We are at Not A Couple Show. You can also send us a message on Facebook, on Tumblr, or on our email account. That's Not A Couple Podcast. Okay, that's not a couple podcasts at gmail.com. I've only been doing this for three fucking years, man. <laughs> and if four years. We've been doing this for four years. And if you're listening to this podcast, you know where you can find us. But just in case, tell a friend. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. Wow, you got so hype at the end. I know, I'm so excited. All right. Tell your friends. Tell everyone in the entire state of Missouri. You can't leave. You might as well yeah. listen to this, this podcast. This is prime podcast time. You gotta just cue us up, watch a couple episodes of Will and Grace. You know, you can you can go back and forth. So you got some visual, you got some audio. You can masturbate in there just for fun. You could masturbate in there. You go could, wild. You could practice docking, but only with someone you live with. Mm-hmm. Stay safe out there, friends. Yes. All right. Well, that's been this season of Will and Grace. We're so sorry that the coronavirus made it get a little weird at the end. Yeah. Um, but I'm Tess. I'm Matthew. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. Bye. This week's episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Hi, Eliza. You're so beautiful. Meow. This week's episode was sponsored by everything. Everything. You own Opulence.